Welcome to the Next Brave Thing podcast. My name is Ella Hooper, and I believe that breakthrough is on the other side of bravery. This podcast features brave stories, emotional health, and creativity to inspire you to take your next brave step. John Toms, thank you for coming on my podcast. Thank you so much. This is exciting. Thanks for having me. So excited. So I'm in California and you're in London, right? I am across the pond, different time difference, dark outside. Yes. Where is it? It's the middle of the day here for me. So good morning. Welcome to the day. Yes. So um, we met, I think, nine years ago when we did the school ministry. Which is is scary. It's not, yeah, I think it is about nine years ago. We were working that out the other day with a friend, and I think it is about nine years, which is wow. terrifyingly long ago. So long ago. But I think we're more like Instagram friends now, and I love following all your hysterical posts and <laughs> little anecdotes about your nan and walks with John. Um, so I was like, I have to get John on the podcast because I think that time in California in ministry school was very transformative for us, all of us who did it. Um, and so then it's fun to connect with like what your life looks like now. So what are you up to in the UK these days? Yes, I wish I was doing California many days by the pool yeah. with the 40 degree heat, but yeah. I am back in back in London. It is pretty cold at the moment because it's autumn or fall, as they oh. say in America, fall. Yeah. Um, so I came back from California yeah, in, what, 2017 we finished school together, which yeah. is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work in the corporate space um, in the car leasing industry. Um, so we lease cars as an employee benefit scheme. We're an employee benefit provider to lots of employees that want to drive cars, basically. Um, I onboard all the new starters that come into operational teams. So I get to welcome them into the into the fold, into the culture, um, teach them about the culture, teach them about the ways of Tusker, which is where I work, um, and basically get them to a place of like confidence and professionalism where they can produce and do their job, basically, that they were hired for. So it's a really fun job. I was with them today. 10 we've got 30 new starters this month so it's hectic and i was with 10 of them today um yeah. the first day so they're all nervous yeah but to just ease them in which is so fun i love it i love that i love it and i just love that you're in the corporate world you're in the workforce you know and you what i noticed from your social media is you really do talk about emotional health a lot mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people you know, the workplace is one of the most vulnerable places because it's where we exchange our value for time or money or, you know, and there's an exchange of your value, your worth. Um, So I'd love for us to just dive right in and love to hear what you have um, learned about what it means to actually love yourself well. Like, what what have you learned from that? Good question. Good question. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all I've ever known in the sense of work-wise. Because I was just, I was just thinking back in my history. I was like, I started working at fourteen, so I've always just really enjoyed working. So that's why I got into the workforce, as it were, um, initially. Um, but the journey of loving myself well has come through mainly my relationship with God, I guess, and my relationship with myself, how I've interacted with others, how I was raised. Um, I think being a British, well, a British person, but also a British man, has been really 
in Justin because you just grow up in your culture. You only know you're normal. Um, like you think you're normal is normal until you speak to someone else as normal and realize that it's not normal. Um, but all you know is what you know in the sense of this is how I was raised. This was my experience. And then you kind of get to the age where you're like, oh, okay, I get to make powerful decisions and I get to actually process what um, has been introduced to me in life, process how I've been raised, process pain, process trauma, process everything that basically taught my mind how to think, how to feel. Um, so I guess I just got to the, which again, I thought was normal. I'm like, I think everyone's on this journey that I'm going on. This doesn't feel ma majorly radical. Um yeah. Hopefully everyone's going on the same journey. But yeah. I think in my lazy years, I've realized there's a lot of people that don't go on that journey and they like to avoid pain and like to avoid their emotions and like to avoid hard things, um, which is interesting. So, yeah, I think I got to the point in my kind of mid-20s, as it were, of just self-reflecting, realizing that I was living a very disconnected life from my heart and myself, um, yeah. realized that I didn't know how to have needs, how to have boundaries, how to connect, how to be vulnerable. And didn't have any of this language either. Like, didn't have right. any of this language. Was learning all of this language, learning that I didn't have any of the substance of the language, and then thinking, probably need to do something about this now. Um, mm. it, yeah, it was something yeah. great to learn. Yeah. So if you look back <laughs> 10 years ago or however long ago, what would – I know for me, like, I I probably wouldn't have been able to articulate all the different emotions or anything. Like what was your general state of existing? Like, like, like internally, how did you feel about yourself? Mm, that's, a, that's a very good question. Um, I would say my internal, well, just dis, I would say disconnected is the main phrase I would use, like disconnected yeah. from self. So yeah. not connected to my heart, I would say not connected to my feelings, not connected to my emotions, like definitely live in, living a life of um not i guess it wasn't denial as such but yeah i think disconnected is the closest word i can get to it really just basically not living a pr like not present with myself so i i didn't matter it's like i didn't matter basically everything i did was to serve those around me which sounds really great in one sense and it is when you take good care of yourself as well but i was doing that without taking care of myself so john didn't matter I didn't even know who John was. I'd never taken time to get to know John. I was like 98% ext extrovert anytime I did the Myers-Briggs test. Like I did not yeah. want to spend time with John. So I I was just basically avoiding myself because I didn't really think I liked myself at that time. I grew up quite insecure, underconfident, didn't know who I was, was a middle child, one of five. Like There were so many reasons why I didn't want to f like face who John was. Um but the journey of love myself has been really interesting because now it's like, oh, I actually really enjoy John. I enjoy spending time with myself, mm -hmm. um, which has been a really interesting journey. But I think everyone needs to get to the point in their life where they look at themselves and think, how am I doing? Like, do I yeah. enjoy spending time with this person? Do I like who this person is? Um, I even asked a colleague that today who came to see me um, to chat through some hard stuff. I just said, do you like, do you like yourself? And I kind of asked that question. I think it's always a good question to ask people um, and yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so do you have a moment where it's almost like when you talk about being disconnected, mm. it's like a, it's a yeah, abandonment sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's a loss of yourself. Yeah. Do you have a significant moment where you feel like you met yourself. I know that's kind of abstract, but like, was there a moment where you're like, oh, I like this guy? <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think I literally did have that moment. So it's funny you say that because yeah. I literally was. I think you'll know what this is 
and for your listeners will probably think it sounds absolutely crazy but i'll try and explain it the best i can yeah. and you, can, you can fill in the gaps um but there was a moment in the school that we did together of mm. um staring in a mirror basically so just getting a chance to look in the mirror um which doesn't sound that radical at all because you probably look in the mirror every day but i'd never like looked in the mirror for that long at myself so it was a yeah. full-length mirror and there was lots of people doing it in the room it was actually like an we were probably in the same room doing the same probably, but you probably heard me <laughs> weeping i don't, I don't think <laughs> but i i think i did because we're in the same year i think i did this yeah, with you probably did it yeah because it was the yeah, class yeah. called loving yourself well yeah and i was a different i remember the day i was in a different class and i was dating annie at the time who you would have yeah. met as Yes. So she came. Yeah. So she came running up because she was like, "John, I've just had an amazing breakthrough." Like, cried her eyes out of like, "Okay, whatever you've had, I need." And she was like, "I know that you need it." Um, so she was like, "Go down." Like they're still doing the um, exercise to so, like go down and do the exercise. And as a Brit and as a male Brit, I was like, "I don't want to." This feels very vulnerable. This feels very exposing. There's lots of people feeling big emotions. There's people shouting things out. Like I'm like, I don't want to do anything that's going to feel vulnerable and like risky. I need to stay in my little British box. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but then there was this other side of me that was like, "Look, I'm out here. I've sacrificed a year of my life, three years of my life to be here. I'm going to get get the freedom I came for, as it were, because it was that sort of environment where um, you were encouraged to go after freedom. You were encouraged to." break shame you're encouraged to process pain basically and become and and um step into like greater levels of yourself <clears throat> um so yeah i remember going down and basically staring at myself in the mirror and honestly i looked at my physical self in the mirror and did not recognize myself i was like i don't know i literally don't know who that is because i think i genuinely i was 24 i know i was 24 so i genuinely spent 24 years just not paying any attention to this man in the mirror who was me um mm -hmm. and looked and just it like literally broke my heart actually i was like gosh i'm so sorry like, i'm sorry and i think i did literally apologize to myself and kind of repented um wow. it's just, just the renewing of your mind isn't it it's like yeah. um just taking those those moments to be like john i'm so sorry i've never actually taken good care of you like i've never listened to your heart like i've never um acknowledged that you've had needs like i've never um asked what you might need before everyone else's needs um i've basically treated you like you don't matter um feel the emotional talk about it now actually even though it's all those years yeah. ago it's like still feels like so real because it was it was a very real connected moment of like gosh i'm gonna choose like to actually see you john and to to recognize who you are in that moment yeah um, the person that was with me i think it was marcus miller actually oh um, i love that marcus has been on the yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i'm sure yeah okay i'm sure he has and um yeah he was brilliant and very good at like helping people just walk out of freedom yeah so he, he was kind of sensing what i was going through and praying and um just leading me through some stuff and he's like i think you need to shout like something out loud and i was like i don't <laughs> think i do <laughs> i think i'm fine i think i'm fine here just being passively british um yeah. <laughs> and he's like i think you need to shout out i matter basically so i kind of like carefully said i matter and he was like no louder and then just got me to like keep shouting and keep shouting and keep shouting and eventually i was like you know what i'm just gonna scream this out who cares and just yeah. absolutely it out and honestly like i shouted that and it was it was like something really broken me yeah. um because i was just like gosh i do i've never actually fought for myself in that way before um and it's been a beautiful journey of um yeah cho choosing myself not over others but choosing myself where i hadn't chosen myself before so the i guess the journey now has been walking out choosing myself and still 
sacrificing myself. So, so choosing myself and still serving others, like choosing myself and still um, yeah. being generous with my time, choosing myself and still giving freely. Um, it's been that kind of balance of like trying to do the both and rather than just pouring from an empty place, because that's basically what I was doing. I basically loved to be loved. Um, mm-hmm. And I basically gave like gave to to get um which yeah. just felt gross when i look back yeah um, yeah, yeah. Long, but we, we don't deal. know any better like because it's no. a good thing to serve people and yeah. then yeah but it was the only way only resource of love so there was yeah. there is more available to you i love yeah. it when you share that story it's so powerful because just to those who are listening who are like wow what is this place yeah. if if you're not a christian it's kind of like a tony robbins seminar yeah 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 <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like this intense <laughs> thing that you go through and it's so powerful i mean it's i would argue that even more powerful than that but I think it's so powerful. So you mentioned needs, mm-hmm. like what have you learned needs to be? Like I was on a coaching call with someone and they were like, I was saying your needs matter. And they were like, there's something in me that does not believe that at all. Mm-hmm. And so like a subconscious block. So tell us like, what are needs? How do we get them met in a healthy way? Like, yeah tell us your journey with needs yeah so needs yeah needs can be anything from like emotional needs physical needs psychological needs like there's lots of different needs that we have in our life from like the most basic ones of needing the roof over our head to food in our fridge water in our glasses our taps um to emotional connection to intimacy to um physical safety like there's lots of there's lots of different needs basically um so just to give a bit of context i think for me i think for me i'm just way more emotional than i um was told basically i feel like i feel like as a human i mean i I don't even think it's just being a man i think it's being a human in this world i'm like we are emotional beings why are we all pretending that we're not it's like i don't i feel and it's why i'm so i'm so careful now that i'm a bit older and a bit of a leader and an example i'm very I'm very like covering of emotions and I'm very um this why I do what I do with like the kind of emotional health stuff really what I'm trying to do is create space for emotional literacy and actually just teach um mm. emotional literacy because I'm I'm an emotional being like um as are you as is everyone listening but for some reason like we just avoid the emotions like the plague um yeah. so I think so for me a huge one is just emotional connection it's like that's a huge one for me I love connection with friends like and this doesn't just look like deep chats. This looks like um, like fun, just like body language, eye contact, those little jokes, that little banter. Like Brits, we love banter. Like banter's so yeah. important to me. Like when you when you get a bit of banter with a friend, you both like met in that moment. You both find that yeah. thing funny. Like it's those moments of like emotional yeah. connection. So it's not just the deep. When I say I'm an emotional being, I don't just mean I need like big vulnerable chats with people all the time, even yeah. though I love that as well. It's the kind of joy. Like joy is one of the most vulnerable emotions we can feel and express. So joy is so important to me so for me i need like high joy levels and i need like high intimacy levels and like um depth with friends that feel safe and that i can trust Um, so i think honestly one of those is is huge for me like fun fun is a huge need like i need fun in my life like i love the intensity um of of process and pain if i'm quite honest i actually 
I actually mm-hmm. love processing pain. That's something that I was told to avoid um, yeah. or taught to avoid or modeled to avoid. But it's something I absolutely, I mean, I guess love's a strong word. It's hard to process pain. But because of my faith, because of my relationship with God, who I see as an unconditionally loving father, it's like that's always been the end of processing pain. So I've never processed a bit of pain where there wasn't that unconditional love at the end. Like I've never processed pain where there wasn't hope at the end. I've never processed pain where there wasn't joy. Even in amongst it, I've learned that pain and joy can coexist. Um, so even that, like a a need for me is to process pain. It's like, that's something that I was created to do. Like, I think even how God created us with our minds, our bodies, our souls, our nervous system is fascinating the way that we can regulate, like, and I think people catching up, like, I think people, even if they're not faith-based, they're like, oh, there's loads we can do with our bodies to heal. Um, but yeah, I obviously just believe we were created, um, created to heal as well I'm like I think God did a great job when he created us um because our mind and our body and our heart it's all created to like heal and it's all created to be well I just think we get a lot chucked at us um yeah that like gets us off kilter yeah that's so powerful I love that you say I enjoy processing pain because I because it's like crazy when you learn how to do it it does become like a joy and you see it as like I'm up leveling I'm upgrading my life <laughs> or you're like well, oh there's gonna be something beautiful at the end of this um which is crazy because pain like you said is something we avoid can you tell walk us through like how to process pain like um yeah like how would you because I know for me I don't know I'm in pain probably yeah. until a couple of days later like mm-hmm. I'm not very, I'm more anxious driven than emotion driven sometimes. So I'll be like, I'm so anxious. I'm so anxious. And then I'm like, oh, I'm avoiding feeling something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so like, what's, what's been your process with processing pain? Mm. So I think, I think first it's finding like the safe, I think safety and trust and yeah self-compassion are all really important things I've learned within process and pain and I've also learned not to do it on my own um I do sometimes I think it's okay sometimes to do it on your own but actually inviting community inviting um kind of older covering people Mm. to cover your heart in the pain is really important um so I think I think for me it's like acknowledging it so I always try and encourage people to like acknowledge the pains there first like some people just try and cover up all the time they'll be like oh but it's fine oh that happened but it's fine that happened a while ago but it's okay and I'm like it's actually not okay like what if you were to tell yourself it's not okay like what if you were to just sit sit with that pain and and say that wasn't actually okay that that happened that was really hard um so I think I think one of the key things is like self-compassion like straight away so as soon as you acknowledge it is like having compassion for mm. yourself in that moment and often pain is from our childhood so sometimes we're going back to like childhood pain which is so yeah. important and again i would encourage all your listeners to like go back to memories like go back to your childhood like you in some way shape or form you will be a kind of um product of your childhood as an adult 100 percent. even yeah. if you have processed a ton of pain like like mm-hmm. me and you have probably done a, a good similar amount of work but there's probably yeah. still stuff that we're subconsciously doing from mm-hmm. our childhood pain and it's like yeah. that constantly comes up and you're just like no am i really still but doing I dealt with this um, yeah yeah literally but it's like but again it's just having compassion in that moment and being like yeah of course i grew up believing emotions didn't exist so of course i'm still going to tr- like struggle thinking emotions 
um, don't relate to me. So I think it's having that acknowledgement first and foremost, yeah. meeting yourself with self-compassion, just like people can be cruel. So it's like, don't be cruel to yourself. It's like meet yourself with compassion and treat yourself how you would sit and treat someone else who was bringing something vulnerable to you. Like think how you'd respond to a friend and try and respond to yourself like that. If you don't know what self-compassion is, that's basically yeah. it. Yeah. Um, passionate to yourself. Yeah. Um, and just allowing yourself to like sit in difficult emotions. Like sadness is okay. Again, I used to think I had to flip sadness on its head when I was sad. I used to think that sadness wasn't an okay emotion and I had to be happy. So anytime I was sad, I was like, how can I make myself happy? Whereas now if I'm sad, I'll be sad for a week if I want or the whole evening if I want. Like I literally will ask myself, I'm like, do I need to be sad tonight? And yeah. if the answer is yes, I will be sad all night and that's okay. Um, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'll like, isolate and be on my own, but sometimes I'll go and see people and just tell them. I'll be like, I'm sad at the moment and that's okay. So you're not going to get the usual bubbly john because i'm mm. processing sadness i'm sitting in the sadness um and there's other times where it's great to come out of that um and not like wallow and self-pity so it's, it's it's basically remaining and this is why being connected to your heart is so important because it's like yeah. remaining self-aware enough to know what's going on within you and being like do i need to sit in the sadness or do i actually need to like snap out of the sadness as it works i've been sitting in it for a while um yeah, yeah i mean there's a ton of stuff on processing pain that'll be a whole podcast but yeah. I'd say be vulnerable, acknowledge it, um, self for self-compassion, invite community that are safe and that you trust in. Um, and then it's like walking out basically and not being yeah. hard on yourself when things like creep back in. Um, it's not steps back, it's just another little bump in the road, as it were. Um, because mm -hmm. I watch some people get free from stuff and then they think they're taking steps backwards and they almost just throw it all out. And it's like, no, you've grown so much, like you think yes. you're you think you're worse off than you are but you're not you've done so well so right. it's like being doing the next brave thing and walking it out basically yeah right no, the podcast no, no, <laughs> thanks um, <laughs> like, I, I subscribe. yes i wonder <laughs> if you i know from going on an emotional health journey like mm. i've had kind of moments like you mentioned like where you meet yourself or you learn to be more authentic. Like I was similar, like when you were talking about like kind of living to serve other people or probably, I mean, I remember you were very encouraging and like, um, you know, a lot of energy and like all of that. But then I, I know I had a moment cause I was always like coach Ella, I'm going to be yeah. on, I'm going to be encouraging and be this and then I had I went through something pretty intense. And I remember I'm like, I can't keep performing. I didn't yeah. realize I was performing. But and I showed up to a coffee catch up and I was like, I just need to not, I just need to be Ella. Like I, mm. this is where I'm at. And the person didn't like the catch-up. And I was like, oh, this is a moment of like uh, my friendships are changing. My yeah. relationships are changing because I'm learning yeah. to be more authentic. So have you gone through any of that in this journey? Yeah, gosh, it's great. It's almost like a boundaries put in place and then the people that are happy just to take and take and take. Yeah, the ones yeah. the there, they're like, oh, I can't get what I used to get from you. Yeah. Um, it sounds like that may have happened with you. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know the context, but like, yeah. It, it makes me think of those situations where you suddenly are like, oh, I need to put a boundary in place. And I, and honestly, I'm, I'm actually going through this at the moment because I've, I'm naturally like similar to you, very pastoral, coachy, yeah. question asky, like want to dive into people's stuff if they're going to talk about it. So I naturally will be quite open book. 
Um, yeah. If that's what we're communicating to people, they're just going to take it. So I, I keep almost shooting myself in the foot with this recently because that's how I present. It's like, yep, yeah, come and take, like, come and help yourself. Um, <laughs> totally. and, I, and I have friends, and I have friends be like, John, you need it's okay to just say no in the moment. I'm like, is it? Um, yeah, it just feels like really hard to do that, like in the moment as well. Yeah. Um, so it's it's honestly something I'm having to navigate. I do I do think I've experienced that as well though. Um and you do notice a shift in in friendships. And I think I've I've seen that as well. And it's really hard to know sometimes what's what yeah, what was um because even friends I had before, Bethel, um, you kind of go and you grow at this kind of accelerated or yeah. or just a different pace or different direction. It's not that I grew any bigger than them as as such but i guess it was like an accelerated growth that that grew me in a different direction um so there was definitely like tensions um yeah. i think with just recognizing different levels of connection not existing anymore um yeah, yeah. but i think yeah the ref- i think ref- like referencing what you were just mm. um saying then i think i can definitely relate to that in the sense of me having to balance my output yeah but also, like you mentioned, like now you're being more honest of like, yeah, I'm sad and I'm hanging around you and I'm sad. Like that must have felt brave to just be honest rather than yeah. like, oh, I'm going to be positive because that's what people expect from me. Like how have you had to navigate any of that? Yeah, for sure. Like I think I think naturally being someone who's quite upbeat, joyful. Yeah. Um, again, people kind of love to be around those types of people that are a bit more entertaining or give yeah. a lot more insights to situations. So I've had to, and, the, and my therapist really helped with this actually, because um, he was just like, because I, I think I just felt pressure to give everyone the same experience. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds rid- ridiculous, but like. I work like with one- actors, so I, I, I <laughs> yeah, you get it. the real thing. <laughs> Yeah, like Wu, yeah. like you must know about Wu, like the strength yeah. finder, like winning others over again, being an yeah. actress. Um, like yeah. that's a huge like gift of mine or skill of mine is winning others over. So it's like my natural thing is to meet someone once and we're yeah. like really connected. Like that's that yeah. happens all the time. Um, yeah. And it's almost just like a natural thing. So my therapist was kind of like, what would happen if you didn't like turn your woo on basically would that be okay to meet people and they didn't like you straight away i'm like oh yeah. i've never considered it never been an option i want to be loved every time someone someone meets me um and it was just really interesting because i remember i was yeah. going to a baby shower um a friend's baby shower that's normal for men to go to now um, yes, 23 getting invited to a few um and and a friend that I was traveling with was like, oh, I want you to meet all these people. And I kind of knew who the people were, but I was like, oh gosh, I feel so much pressure. Like I just felt pressure. I was like, you want me, you want them to, I know what version of them you want me, them, I yeah. know what version of me you want them to meet. And I just felt, do you know what? I'm going to go and not give them that version. Um, and it was really quite freeing. And I think they still yes. liked me. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't turn on the kind of like high woo or the high energy. I was just kind of a bit more like, just going to be authentic John, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Cause I think that this is part of like going on a loving yourself journey and a a healing journey. Like you do become more honest with yourself and more connected to your internal voice. Like, oh, I don't, I feel pressure. I don't want to do that. And I remember Justin Timberlake was being interviewed and someone said to him from his past like you've changed like it's a critical thing and <laughs> yeah. he's like, of course i've changed of course 
stage. Yeah. And it's like where we we live in a tension of like not wanting people to change, but also needing people to change. And so I guess like all that to say, like, what have you noticed the most? Like you mentioned, like feeling so disconnected for yourself. Mm. Like what's been the payoff of mm. the transformation, the change that you've gone on? Like what would be the vision or the payoff of change? Yeah. I think it is that connect that overall connected life. Like when I think about what I want for others, it's for them to be connected to like God, like my desire would be that people would know him like I know him because I just know him to be so good. Um, yeah. um, connected to themselves because again, I think that was part of the plan that we would actually be connected to ourselves and love ourselves. Like why, why wouldn't we like, why would we love others, but not ourselves? Like I just think, that was always part of the plan as well um is that we would actually love and accept ourselves and then to be connected to others and get to like like i just love people like i love yeah. pouring out for people i love like entertaining people i love connecting with people I, I just literally love living that connected life with all those three elements so <clears throat> i honestly think that's been the huge win for me because yeah. it's what i want to see in those around me because i'm kind of like i've tasted it i'm still growing in it um still got a long way to go in it but I did, yeah, I've done the opposite before where I wasn't connected to myself and therefore I wasn't able to, like, fully connected to God, fully connected to others, and it just it just wasn't the same. Like, I feel like my life is so full. It's like I live a full and a whole life. Um, whole doesn't mean perfect. Whole doesn't mean happy all the time. Like, whole just means, um, like, connected, authentic, um, like, coming from a place of, of a, ra- a very real, like, response to what's going on internally. So I think it is just living that wholly connected life where it's like, oh, life actually feels so full because I'm feeling everything. Um, and not, like, fluffy feelings, but it's like I, I'm affected. Like, I always want to remain, like, affected by people, affected by God, affected by what's happening around me. And I love that my heart is always, like, moved and always affected by what's going on. Um, and I always want to remain like remain in that place of being affected. Um, mm-hmm. because I just think I think our hearts are such powerful like things. They're such powerful um, kind of vessels, as it were. So I think when we remain like tender and it is remaining tender and when we remain connected, there's mm-hmm. so much that can be like moved um, mm-hmm. and everything flows from that. Like everything flows from our heart as well. So it's yeah. like the way I respond and the way I am and the way I do life and community flows from that place of connectedness to my heart. So it's the thing I protect the most really. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I I think that's it. It's like living a connected life basically. Yeah. I love that. Um, You mentioned like feeling connected to God and you've mentioned Mm -hmm. that he's good and it, he is unconditional love. Like um, I can imagine that, that's been just as you've learned to be connected to yourself that's been a journey with viewing god that way um can you tell tell our audience a little bit about like your view of god and Mm. yeah share a bit about that yeah again it's been it's been a journey and it's been an interesting thing of what was presented to me when i was younger and then what's presented to me as an adult or what i've journeyed as an adult and what i've uh, sought after as an adult and in my own kind of study of like the Bible, my own um, curiosity of who he is and um, who God has revealed himself to be. So I think for me, um, growing up, I didn't understand. Um, so it talks about the Trinity, doesn't it, in the Bible? So, so mm. Father, Son, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, I, I often just used the language or used or heard the language God 
um, which just felt very, which I still do, of course. But I mean, um, he was referred to as God, Lord, um, felt very distant when I was younger. Like I didn't ever hear of him talk about as a loving father. Um, so I think the language of father getting introduced um, really changed everything. And the more I unpacked what that looked like, kind of studying um, kind of in Romans 8 and things like that, like studying the spirit of adoption, um, what it looks like to be sons and daughters um, adopted into a family. It all got very, very deep and real very quickly. I was like, oh, this isn't just like a, a religion that I grew up with. This isn't just rules and regulation. This is like a active relationship. This is like a relationship that's... Um, deeper than I ever could have imagined that I can just keep pushing into. So the only reason I can process pain is because of my relationship with God. Like I actually don't think I would be able to do my life without God, without yeah. access to unconditional love, because it's so hopeless. I've done like in therapy, some of my stuff in therapy is so hopeless, apart from the fact that I have access to unconditional love, because a lot of the time I'm processing things that are just incredibly hopeless and just stop eventually because you process it, you process it, you process it and you're like, Oh, well, that situation might never change. Um, yeah. So ho hopeless. But then I have this whole access to unconditional love. So any moments I'm not feeling enough or worthy or um, yeah. um, full in, in, in some sense or connected in some sense, um, I've got this beautiful relationship with God that is so consistent, that's so steadfast, that's so um, safe, that's so good. Like it's the only place really that is completely safe. It's the only person that's completely trustworthy. And I just think, I mean, I wish I had time to like study and prove all this, but I just think like for your brain, for like um, your, yeah, all the wiring in your brain, like all your nervous system, like, I just think having a faith is actually huge, like for your mind and for your mental health and for your yeah. wellness, um, regardless of like, the beauty of just having a relationship with God. I'm like, it actually does so much for the, for the human body, I think in general. Um, yeah, totally. And like creates safety and like, yeah. I, I just don't know how I would navigate uncertainty without God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which, yeah. And you're right. Like, I think, I mean, therapy is amazing, but you do get to a point where you've processed so much that yeah. you actually need something bigger than you and your circumstances to encounter and invade it, to change it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Otherwise, you're just saving yourself. And that's yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause there is like a sad reality of not, not being enough. Like I tell people they're enough all the time. They are, but they're also not in a way because it's like right. um, yeah. when, I look, when I looked into it, I'm like, well, I'm not enough. I'm actually not. I can't, yeah. I can't do this on my own. Like what I have on my own, mm -hmm. I cannot do. And like my worth on my own isn't enough. Like I'm only enough because he is. So it's like because... <laughs> because of who he is, because of his sovereignty, because of his safety, because of his goodness, because of access to him um, means I can live from that place of approval, which which is all very countercultural to what I think people understand God to be. Like, I think a lot of people think you have to work for approval, you have to perform for love, like you have to earn his affection. None of that is true. It doesn't say that in the Bible anywhere. Like, it's yeah. like we live from that place of approval, like we... Um, like it's a, it's, a, it's a God that we get to be close to that that died for our sins. It's like we actually get access to a really loving father that loves mm -hmm. us regardless of our past, regardless of what we've done, um, because there's nothing our works can actually do. It's like his His grace is so beautiful and his grace is so stunning that we get to like step into that place of like full radical acceptance at mm -hmm. any point. Um, but again, it's like similarly with cultural stuff in um 
in upbringings it's the same in in even christian households of like not fully understanding um the gospel yeah. basically so yeah totally yeah, yeah. It's my a, little preach your little preach i love it preach. Yeah. <laughs> i love it it's great <laughs> i love hearing different people's perspective on god because mm. i have learned so much from like god feeling scary or god feeling like mean or whatever and then when you hear someone talk about god it actually opens up a window into like oh yeah. there could be more there could be yeah. something that you shared that um, it's just so important for process and pain because if you believe he's a punisher if you believe he's scary if you believe he's not good which so many people do so 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 often i bump into people where it's really difficult to get them to process pain because of their view of god so yes. their view of god needs to be healed and redeemed and changed before they step into process and pain because um and again even this week it was so interesting starting to process pain with someone and then being like oh okay we actually need to um we actually need to go through your view of god because you believe he's not for you like you believe he's against yeah. you, you believe he's a punisher you believe yeah. you deserve this you believe he gave this pain to you um whereas actually like you were saying earlier that psychological safety of like no he's safe he's good he's for mm -hmm. you he's kind he's trustworthy um he's unconditionally loving which is why i use that language all the time because we need as we're processing pain we need to let in unconditional love so it's like making as much room for unconditional love as possible like what areas of your heart are you not letting unconditional love in make mm -hmm. space for unconditional love consistently basically when you're processing pain like that's key because when the pain comes up you're likely to feel rejectable self-hatred um self-loathing like you're likely to feel lots of negative emotions towards yourself so it's so important to like stay postured towards unconditional love mm -hmm. yeah and I love it. I mean, the gospel, it says in our weakness, his power is made perfect. So mm -hmm. it's like, it means that we don't have to be afraid of our weakness. And yeah. I love that you're sharing that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's so important to hear. I love that you shared that. That's so cool. Um, so kind of in closing, like how like if you had if someone was just randomly listening to this and this is the first grid for emotional health mm -hmm. like and they were gonna go on that journey of like learning to like meet themselves get to know themselves love themselves like what kind of tips would you recommend mm. um go and look in the mirror for like longer than a minute and stare at yourself stare in your own eyes yeah but but do because you can literally do that at home like all of you right. have a mirror right now probably so even after this podcast like go and look in the mirror for longer than like a minute and just stare at yourself and just see what comes up like it's amazing when you choose to like look at someone and give eye contact so give yourself eye contact like what might come up and just see what kind of stuff comes up mm -hmm. um and that could be anything from like yeah again like self-hatred you could hate what you see you could hate physically what you see you could hate emotionally what you see could take your body type or whatever like whatever's coming up like just engage with what you're feeling um and then open like, op like open that up like that's good like whatever's coming up in that moment is okay and it's also like giving permission for feelings aren't always facts but feelings are there like they're there and they exist so anytime they're coming up and anytime they're present it's validating them and actually validating your feelings is so important like doing that for other people is important someone doing it for you is important but but validate it when when it comes up like don't think that you have to bat these feelings away because they're there and they're very powerful um as i said they're not facts so it doesn't mean because you feel something you are something um don't own that feeling but do acknowledge it and 
I sometimes say like take it to court like put it in the box and question it be like what what are you what are you doing why are you here why are you in my mind why are you in my body what what, do you, what are you doing here basically you yeah. need a right to, like question it yeah, um so. if you're if you struggle with emotional literacy like get a feelings wheel or connecting with your feelings because some people just don't know they're like john i just don't know how i feel i don't know what the feeling is like i feel something they can feel something but they could not tell you what it is they're like i feel this but i don't know what it's called so a fee if you just google feelings wheel there's loads of them um but this is just a practical way of like you can print it off or just screenshot it but a feelings wheel will basically <laughs> have the middle like happy sad joyful mm -hmm. angry it's got like the basic ones in the middle and then as you go out there's more like um, in detail feelings, basically. So it'll go out and then the feelings will get more and more specific. Um, so I'd encourage yourself to get a um, little feelings wheel, like print it off, stick it on your mirror, stick it on your wall. Um, I would encourage you to be vulnerable in community um, and just say to someone, just say, look, I really want to go on the journey of connecting to my heart and acknowledging my feelings. So I'd love it if you ask me questions around how I feel. Um journal like get journaling write down if you're a verbal processor like talk it out with someone but if you're an internal processor you might need to just journal on your own or just like have moments to like meditate and think and have space mm -hmm. um, yeah they're my little top tips really and like i love it it's brilliant have fun but have fun in all of it like i i'm not i'm not doing this all the time like i mean i am in my mind all the time to be quite honest actually so i, I guess yeah. i am in one sense but i'm not in this deep process all the time i'm really not i don't know whether people think i am but Sometimes I'm like, do people think I'm always in this? But mm. I'm always in my head, as it were. Like, I'm always very present. But there's times where I dip in and out of the process. And actually, Ruth Outram was really good at, at this. Um, she, she would use that language, like, dip in and out. Like, dip in the process and then dip out, dip in, dip out. So just because your process is hard for a month, it doesn't mean that every day of that month you need to be low or sad. It's like dip into the process and then dip out of the process. Right. And that's okay to kind of compartmentalise. Um is really important as well so just be kind to your heart like when you're processing hard things oh, so good these are such good takeaways Top i tip. love it and go for walks go for go walks in nature walk. go and learn from trees and like green it's so good for your mind like go and spend time in like creation and nature like that's really helped me recently i'm like sometimes yeah. you just go for a walk and exercise and like see some biggest perspective yes oh that's brilliant well the podcast is called next brave thing Yes. What is your next brave thing, John Toms? Brave thing. I knew you were going to ask me this as well. I still don't feel prepared. <laughs> um, my, my next brave thing. Um, I honestly think it's it's the continuation for me um, of that authentic self. Because even this conversation is like challenging. Again, it's like, gosh, like how often do I step out of my authentic self? Um, so I think for me, it's that continuation of stepping into that authentic self and actually learning learning balance like doing what you did and going to conversations and actually not having to perform um and get into the place because i recently got to the place of um needing to put boundaries in place um like after it's too late almost like, oh i'm exhausted i need to put boundaries in place so, yeah and i'm like because it happens it happens quite often so i think i'm trying to get to the place mm -hmm. like, be brave enough to actually say no where i need to say no um because I still feel like I'm having to like do clear up a couple of days later um but sometimes I just don't know actually so like well, I, I know I'm the same yeah. like I, I didn't even know because like we love people and we're like yeah. yes it sounds so fun of course, <laughs> like, yeah, tell me everything yeah ready for it but yeah. I and 
yeah because it's such a good thing so that's like why it's hard yeah it's a process isn't it it is it is and i think i'm just going to invite more closer community in as well to say can you tell me as well like can you observe and can you recognize when i'm pouring out too much basically um, yeah, it might yeah. not be something I can do on my own. Like I just, I just don't know. I always think I've got capacity. I wouldn't say I'm a high capacity person, but um, I do have quite a big capacity. So I'm often like, yeah, of course. Like if someone's opening yeah. up in that moment, I will listen. I will hold space. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's what I want to yeah. do: be brave and like say no, basically. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I'll hold you to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. I love it. Well, thanks so much for coming on my podcast. I have to get you back. And I thanks so much. No, it was a treat. I, yeah, um, maybe when I come it. to the UK at some point in my life, we'll go for a walk, walk with John. Yes. Walk and, and talk podcast. Live recording. Yes. A live recording would be live so recording. fun. Yeah, on the River okay. Thames. Okay. We'll, we'll make it happen. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening today. Please download, share with your friends and write a review. If you would like to book in a life coaching session with me, go to my website at www.ella-hooper.com or follow me on Instagram at Next Brave Thing Podcast.